Welcome to a Verb Moto broadcast, or maybe you're watching this on Matt Burkeen's YouTube channel. However you found us, we're glad to have you with us, and we'll try to make this thing a little bit shorter than our 450 show. Yes, I know that right off the hop, I mentioned that we were going to talk 250s on that show, but frankly, we just straight up ran out of time. We all had to reconvene the following day and break it all down. This is the 250 preview for SMX Playoffs. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and yes, this is a Montgomery Biscuits hat. Shout out to Chris Betts for getting it to me. To my left, none other than Chris Riesenberg, the voice of Riesenberg, and he is the big boss with the hot sauce over at Racetech. Racetech suspension, engines, amazing. Your bike obviously needs a little bit of love, so go ahead and get that thing all sorted out, and they can do basically, whether it's engines or suspension, get yourself tuned up with Racetech. How's it going, Chris? Uh, pretty good. I wouldn't rather spend my work day anyway other than talking to you guys about dirt bikes and previewing this weekend. I'm super excited to drop the gate, get some racing going on at the World Supercross Championship Finals. And he also showed up in a Team Fried t-shirt. He's giving you that angle as if you're giving him a stiff blowy. None other than the 820 in your program, likely number one in your hearts, Matt Burkeen. How we doing, boys? Ready to break down some SMX? We were just talking about um, the similarities to SMX that I've had in my last year of uh, the the wall factor. We might have some walls in the mix, so I think we're going to have to change the name maybe to Super Liability Motocross. That's kind of what I'm going with, but either way, it's going to be entertaining for the vlog and just check the weather. We might have a mutter on our hands. This might throw a whole wrench in the entire program. It's going to be good. That would certainly throw a wrench into things. I think at the very end, maybe we uh, just give our thoughts as a whole. Who does like who does a mud race maybe favor a little bit? Two fifties and four fifties. Maybe we'll just tack that onto uh, our talking points. But uh, boys, it's the two fifty class. These kids are so fun to watch. We're going to be watching them for some longer motos two moto format uh i'm really excited about it um we're gonna have these kids the all the 250 riders they go for broke like the the most mature guy in the whole class is hunter hunter lawrence and he's basically your odd odds on favorite to win this damn thing but he's gonna have some youngsters nipping at his heels boys looking back at the some 450 info we have to sort of like look back at the the 250 the, the 250 motocross and supercross one of those champions is not returning obviously jet lawrence he's gone on to the 450 class he's doing awesome things there uh but hunter lawrence he is your uh he's your supercross champion on i believe that was the east coast yes hunter was east yes east and then uh yeah it's it's that quickly you start to forget who was where uh on in supercross and then outdoors the guy he might have had 450 on his uh his championship jersey but he was your 250 national champion uh him and his brother both knocking down championships uh, i'm excited about it um yeah like smx 250s checkers give me some thoughts man well i mean i think the biggest thing that you got to factor into this thing is that it's basically an east west showdown three times in a row um the field yeah. is is stacked. It's super deep. Um, I counted up. There's 16 full factory guys on the entry list, and that's not counting the Phoenix Honda Club and Max Yamaha guys, the Suzuki teams, and of course the KTM's, um, like the AEO KTM team and stuff. That is just 16 full factory riders. That means that it's going to be really, really difficult, I think, to move forward because the depth of the class, and we're going to see a lot of really close racing, and I think you're going to see 
a lot of inconsistency in results. It wouldn't surprise me to see a guy get third one week and ninth the next, just simply, or even in the same day with the two moto format. Also got to factor in 20 minute motos for the 250 class, 20 minutes plus one lap, that is. Um, if it's a supercross style track, most of these guys have never done motos that on at least in a race situation that long. That extra five minutes will make a big deal. Certainly it will. Long motos, very stiff chassis setups, I'd imagine, if they're leaning more towards the Supercross side of things. Matty B, um, like just your thoughts on the fact that we're going to see a lot of factory guys who are not used to being outside the top 10. Uh, like, But if there's 16 factory guys, guess what? Six of them have to be outside the top 10. That's just how math works. Uh, it's a tough pill to swallow for these guys, but it's the way it goes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I personally am really excited because I always enjoy the East-West showdowns a lot more than just the regular 250SX races. And I mean, we all know why um, they have 250SX East and West. I think it's good overall for the sport, obviously provides more jobs, more rides and just more of everything to go around. So I do think there's a place for it, but I love it when they all come together. Um, there's just so much competition. I mean, usually there's only two two guys per factory team on each coast. And now we double that to four and some of them even, I think five. So um, it's going to be absolutely fact. I'm interested to see um, like checker said, this hybrid track situation, I think is going to have the racing really tight. So um, I'm sure aggression is going to be high just because I feel like the track's going to be, um, I don't know if I should say one line, but I'm just not sure how many different kind of combos those guys are going to have to choose from out there. So it's going to be really tight. Um, as far as the 20 minutes go, I, I wasn't really at first thinking that that was going to be that big of a deal just because um, these guys did just come from running 30 plus twos outdoors, which is way gnarlier. But um, like you guys said, these guys have never done Supercross at uh, 20 minutes plus one. They're always at 15. So um, I guess it kind of depends on how Supercrossy it really is to kind of um, determine how much of a factor I think fitness really would be. But um, there's a few guys, especially some of the rookies, uh, some of the guys that haven't even raced Supercross yet. I know those guys are going to be tight and uh, probably holding their breath and hurting for those 20 plus ones. Chris, is there anyone like the, the hybrid tracks and the longer motos, does that help anyone? Does it hurt anyone in particular? Well, let's starting with the hybrid tracks. I think, first of all, you got to look, if you look back at history, the Austrian brands, especially the Husqvarna riders, they've struggled at the whoops. Um, you look at Talon Hawkins, Jalik Swole. I mean, they have been borderline terrible. Um, I've ranted over and over again about how can a factory guy not be able to blitz a set of whoops after three years of Supercross. So I think they immediately benefit Tom Vial, a GP guy, not used to hitting whoops. I think he benefits from the hybrid tracks because of that side of things. Um, as far as the longer motos, who's that benefit? Well, I think you have to go straight to Hunter Lawrence. I think it benefits him because he can take his time and be consistent like he was outdoors. Um, and I think it hurts a guy like, say, Ryder D. He was an amazing starter, but we watched him fade. We'll give him five more minutes to fade back. That's not good for him. Also, factor in, there's been a ton of hype for Austin Forkner coming into this. He has to ride the LCQ at every race. That means his best gate pick, at least at the opener, is going to be 19th gate pick. That needs the him, He needs the long moto most likely to be able to come through the pack during the moto and he can maybe capitalize in those last five minutes by being strong, passing some extra guys in that first moto, put himself in a good position so he can get a better gate pick for the second moto. Um, and I think the two moto format at 20 minutes, that's going to be the real telling point for who's actually in shape. They're coming off 30 plus two, but you have the intensity of supercross ramp up the purse money, ramp up the hype, and then throw all the 250 guys together for three weeks and tell them if you just kill it in these three weeks, you can get a championship. I think it's going to be absolute carnage. 
I'm actually a little scared that by the final race that they're going to have less than a full gate left because the attrition rate, as we've seen in the 250 class when it comes to Supercross, is gnarly. It certainly is. And so does that mean that the that for Forkner, he's going to be 19th gate pick at the absolute best at all three rounds because he's have to going to be at the LCQ like every time? Well, let me fact. So it's Moto one gate pick is based yeah. the guys that are seated in already. They're they're going off qualifying time. So if you're in the top twenty, right. so then after that it's the guys out of the LCQ. So say Forkner wins the LCQ at least at Charlotte at round number one, the best gate pick he can get is nineteenth for Moto one. Now Moto two is off your Moto one finish. However, going to round two, there's nothing saying that all eighteen guys are going to survive the first round. Unfortunately, right. again back to the attrition rate. But still, yes, he's probably looking at outside the top fifteen gate pick at wow. each one of these races. It's going to be a huge uphill battle for him. Oh yeah, no, he's gonna be shoveling shit the entire time. Uh Maddie B, like could you imagine, like, say if you were like doing like on like a rainy cross schedule where basically like you're doing like an inverted start every time? Yeah, honestly, I can't imagine much about this race because these guys all had to qualify for it, and that's a long distant memory of mine. So yeah. I'm having trouble relating to these guys, but um as far as like the hybrid track, the long motos and stuff, I feel like it's gonna kind of hurt and uh hurt and help a number of guys i know chris talked a little bit about vial um i actually i kind of think in a way it helps vial because of the no whoops less supercross type deal but i also i think in a way it also hurts him just because it's one more new thing that he's got to learn he's already been here all year having to learn supercross learn the outdoors here the thing that he does have going for him is that it's new for everybody at least but um so maybe maybe that even makes it an advantage for him because he's been here learning new stuff all year maybe he'll be quicker to pick it up i'm not sure but i'm really interested to see how the frenchie looks out there um let's see who else i got rider d we talked about the fitness i i'm curious to see though how bad it is because i feel like he he could make it to 20 minutes in most of those outdoor motos but um a factor that i don't think anybody's really thought about is um even though it's not full supercross it's definitely more supercross than not i would think and it's going to yeah. be really hot it's going to be you know it's still kind of summer early fall the weather's still hot so i've even seen some stuff on instagram stories and and social media about people just saying how gnarly it is riding supercross in the heat so that's a totally different aspect that nobody's had to deal with before yet um let me see who else i think it's going to help uh caden braswell out a lot i think he um was still learning the road I think he was still learning the ropes of Supercross big time this year. And I think those longer motos are going to help him just because he's in such good shape. I think he'll be consistent. And especially if the sky opens up and it rains, that'll definitely help Braswell. He'll take a big leap up in the standings if that happens. Um, I'm thinking it helps guys like Talon Hawkins, um, Justin Cooper, just for the fact of no whoops, um, even Max Volan, guys like that that have struggled at Supercross in the past. I definitely think it helps guys like that. Um and I do, like we talked about, the field is so stacked with the factory bikes. I think it really hurts anybody that's not on a factory bike just because there's so many of them out there. So if you happen to be one of the unlucky souls that's on um, a bike that you and I can buy, then, yeah, you're going to you're gonna be having a long day, especially from gate drop of the first turn. You're going to be fighting a losing battle. I can see you're champing at the bit, just uh, giving your two cents there, Chris, so hop on it. No, not at all. I was just agreeing with a lot of what Matt was saying. Um, I really want to highlight his Braswell poll. I think that's that's super, super good. And he'll be on and, the Kawasaki, correct? Yeah, so he was on the Kawasaki. He should be hopefully used to it a little bit now because he had some time in between to transition. Right. He wasn't that great in Supercross, but I have definitely seen him be strong 
at the end of motos and such. And I mean, he's already seated into these motos. So he made the gamble to go over to that Kawasaki jump off a factory bike to get on it early. So he's ready for SMX and could ride SMX with the support of the team. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he can get up there and mix it up with the factory guys. Um, I think it's super important for him moving forward in his career. Yeah. And I, I got to throw something to, I, I forgot this point, but it's actually a little bit of a disagreement with checks, even though he made a great point, but this is kind of just a different, um, different side of it. I think a little bit, the track situation, I think the format, the 20 minute motos, like you said, I think that helps Hunter, but um, I'm actually thinking that the track is going to hurt Hunter because Hunter, I think we all agree he's the best rider in the class, best rider, technically him and jet. We all know they're just, oozing tech technical skills so i feel like these tracks being that there's not going to be any whoops probably not any crazy gnarly rhythms or anything i feel like that might actually be a bit of a deterrent for hunter just because if he starts sixth or seventh he's not going to have all those um technical spots where his skill can shine over those other guys he's not going to have all those spots to pick out one thing i would add to that though is if you go back to supercross it's not like it was outdoors. Hunter was a whole shot machine in Supercross. It was both Jet and Hunter on their Honda 250s that were in that first turn first almost every single weekend. And if these are very start dependent, um, these guys are going to have a hard time even seeing Hunter. Um, but we'll get into that as, as we start breaking this down, I'm sure, of the strong points, the weak points, and who's the title contenders. But one thing that um, I also kind of started thinking about last night and broke some scenarios down is we didn't talk about it in our 450 show is the point structure for these things. So they come in with a single race of points and then the first race is normal points, then double and then triple points for the final round. So I actually ran a scenario last night, just trying to figure out kind of what's the weirdest thing that could happen. And say Hunter Lawrence comes in, he's the number one seed. He's got 25 points. He wins the first round. That's another 25 points. He wins the second round. That's 50 points, but he has an off night and gets sixth place at the third round. He can get beat by a rider that goes that came in fourth seed, got fourth at the first round, fourth at the second round, and wins the final round. That would be your SMX champion. So this isn't a playoff because there's not eliminations, but it's definitely the Supercross World Championship Finals. There's a lot of the line, and it's going to be a lot of pressure going into round three because that's really where all the weight is. You have to keep yourself in contention and keep yourself consistent till that last one but everything matters when we get down to Los Angeles at the Coliseum. So they're handing, go ahead. I was just going to say as a rider, that gives me so much anxiety, that format, but fan, bring it on, man. We're not going to have a clue of what's going down for that final round. So I think, I think that's what they're trying to cater to the fans trying to keep it good. But as a rider, man, I would be, my ass would be so chapped if I went one, one, six and lost to somebody that got fourth the whole time and won the last one. So I, I don't know if they'll do anything about that in the future. Maybe that's what they want, but it just, it seems maybe a little too much. Like I'm cool with maybe double points at the last one, but triple, I mean, it's like nine points difference between first and second. Yeah. Like you're going to be able to just make up absolute chunks um, for that one race. And yeah, like if you happen to go down the first corner, like that a whole year of crushing it down the tubes uh, yep. over, yeah, like, like a nine points, especially because like, like the first round, that's a what three three point difference. Like you're you're not going to be able to amass. Like I think at the at the absolute max, you're going to be nine points ahead of the the second place rider, right? Like say oh, you get to it, twelve actually because you have twenty five to twenty two for first to second seated right. going in. So Hunter has a three point lead going in, and then right. he can gain three more at round one, and then six more at round two. Okay. So we can get to twelve. 
You could have a 12 point lead, which I believe that's what they're trying to do is make it. So no matter what you do, you can't wrap this thing up early and just cruise yep. at the last round. Cause again, if he were to go one, one, he still has to get fifth or better to beat the fourth place guy. That's not even counting second and third, what they can do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to run that scenario is triple points too much. I think so. Um, I think that we might find out that, that it is, but so do you do single points, single points, double points? I think that maybe makes a little more sense. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see the format change, but at the same point, this is what they're trying to create. The one thing I want to talk about, we talked about a little bit in the 450 show was how in the future they want this to be. That's the championship that matters. That's the Super Bowl. You know, that's mm -hmm. that is your national champion for the whole entire world champion. I'm sorry for the whole entire year. I believe a format like this, putting so much emphasis on one single race doesn't really work in a sport like ours for that to be valid. I think it almost makes it a little bit too cheesy. I almost want to say, whereas in a situation where it's single points, single points, and then just a double points final, I think it factors in enough of the whole mass of the whole year and this to make it make a lot more sense, but we'll see. I mean, that's the format they gave us. It will be dang entertaining for us sitting there. And that we're in the sport of entertainment, then heck yeah, Los Angeles Coliseum. There are going to be some two fifty kids absolutely sending it for world championship glory i agree I, I think this is going to be uh it's pretty it's going to be unprecedented regardless we've never done anything quite like this um it's purpose built to build drama and entertain and like like i said on the in the other show for the most part the sport is digested in like a weekend by weekend basis um the, one of the reasons why in the past that you haven't had say like the a race like the US Open or Monster Cup really carry that sort of weight is because like anyone who's followed the sport for a long time knows that anything can happen on one particular night. And if someone wins one particular event or one particular race, that doesn't necessarily mean like they are the best for that entire year. It's just like, yeah, you caught lightning in a bottle that one night. Um and I, I would hate for that to sort of happen to this, but for the most part, I think that it's it's gonna be a slam dunk um people are going to be entertained and i would absolutely love to see uh like a last ditch effort like similar to i guess vegas night 2017 with uh with zacco yeah oh, yeah that came on earlier today man i was glued to it i've probably seen that eight to ten times it's easy awesome. easy and I, I if we have more scenarios like that uh that generates more buzz that generates more entertainment and uh yeah more entertainment means more dollars for the industry so I'm hang on a second I know that we're talking 250s, but uh -huh. I just ran this scenario through my head of what happens if Jet Lawrence literally wins every single moto until we get to LA and then he gets sixth and doesn't win the title. Yeah, that's what match. I mean. Like that can happen. Like, like he could totally can, and that kind of sucks. Like because he'd go twenty-four and one as a four fifty rider and not lose. be the champ. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Like that's he just crazy. pushes the front tire in the first corner and can't catch up because there's that many factory guys. He just ends up getting fifth. Um, Actually, it'd be yeah. worse for him, too, because I forgot he's coming in points down on Chase already because, right. of, again, yep. he didn't ride the Supercross portion. So um, just going to be some interesting scenarios to see how it plays out, I guess. Um, and it was something we hadn't really touched on um, a bit before. But Is he's third in points right now? Um, I can double-check that real yeah, quick. He's third. Yeah, he's third because AC's fourth um somehow it's amazing that ac raced raced supercross and is actually behind jet in total points that is 
obscene uh question for you maddie b split starts i don't even know if you've ever done one before uh but i i'm personally not a huge fan of them i thought they were hilarious back in 2005 2006 when they used to take up like two-thirds of the floor where they'd like break off two different directions then smash back together uh or there was that one year at uh, monster cup where guys were like coming in together and just going over the berm and just about taking each other's heads off um like yeah, you talked about liability cross, but that's going to be just that it's going to be a, an extra wrinkle that really throws a wrench into things. And like, does it matter? Does Is it going to play into the, how these results shake out, especially if it's a mutter? Man, I, I was just about to tell you guys that I've never done a split start, but I guess I'm a little more shot out than I thought because I actually did one at Monster Cup 2013. I kind of liked it just because you're on a super mini. No, uh, am the AB all stars deal okay. on a TV. Um, All right. You're that old. I didn't know you were that old. I, I kind of liked it. And this could also be um, the, the line of thinking of some of these non-factory guys this weekend. But I kind of liked it because I felt like I was a little down on horsepower from a lot of guys. And I only had half the guys to worry about. So I kind of liked it from uh, okay. from that perspective. But I think really the only thing that is going to be much of a factor is the fact that one side's got to turn right and the other side's got to turn left. So that one side's got to worry about getting, getting to the rear brake and then getting the leg out to stop. So I think the obvious advantage there goes to the left side, but if they do it like they did at monster cup where they make you pick, um, they make you pick the opposite side, each moto. So you have to do both. Um, I think if they do that, it kind of works out, but um, as far as like, does it add to the racing? I really don't think so. It might, I, I feel like more than anything, it's just something different, which SMX is something different as a whole. And um, I feel like the fans, some of the fans that aren't probably as into it as us, you know, they probably think it's cool. Oh, you know, they're starting from two opposite sides. Let's see what happens. But I mean, us three, we all know it, it's not really that big of a deal, but I mean, it's something different. So I'm into it. I just, uh, I don't think it's really going to change a whole lot. Unless the only thing I would say is if we see a pile up, like maybe one of the guys that goes in, uh, goes into the first turn in the front on one side if they tuck the front or something like that there's only half space to get around them so if one side stacks up i mean we could see the whole other side be like one through eight one through nine on a start yeah one thing for it one thing also to keep in mind with that is their hairpin first turns like they're complete 180s over and they're going over the barrier so they're gonna have a little bit of an off camber as they're going up and turning over this barrier uh they're gonna lose front end. Someone's gonna launch quite. Someone's easily. going to catch air, sink um, air. So I would be super concerned about that side of things, especially for the guys that have the right hand first turn, because the fact you don't have your brake to help control the the front end slide even on by tap of the rear brake and kind of locking your bike in a little bit. So um, I definitely think that that's going to be something to factor in. But on the same side, say a guy like Austin Forkner who has to go through the LCQ. He only has basically half as bad of a gate pick because they're not funneling from so far. Um, yeah. So I think that helps out considerably because he's only going to have, say, five guys inside of him instead of, say, 10 or 11 guys or actually be more than that even. So um, as far as for that side of things, it could be a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, I think I think it's very likely that at least in one of the motos that we have one side have a pile up and a crash and the other side is going to make out really really well somebody that a bad gate pick in a bad moto is going to get a really good start and a really good opportunity at some point what's the chance ability that at some point throughout this if there is multiple split starts and obviously there will be throughout the night but on different events that one side drops and the other one doesn't 98 <laughs> percent. that's high 
That's high. Although, didn't they that that did happen at a, a Monster yeah. Cup? Did it? I was there. That's like yeah you hear the others the other guys take off and you're all just sitting there like jackasses like wow it was great just right. they were icing me like icing the kicker making me more nervous <laughs> my little six lap shindig amazing uh how did you do it that uh that one by the way uh ninth in the first moto and then the second moto i crashed right after the split start no choice but um i actually i did it on full outdoor suspension so i wouldn't recommend that to anybody but it was a long day for us. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Was that the year where a bunch of super minis like went to go jump the cat, the catapult at the finish line and just like was, piled in for me? That was the year before me. I was oh, right. Jesus. After. I mean, there was one year where it was just like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like that, that was insane. Uh, but boys, it is time to, uh, to pit, pit you guys against each other. It's uh, the verb moto wiener, wiener, chicken diener. Um, and I, I'm super stoked for this. And I'm super stoked for the Verb Classic happening in just two weeks' time. Uh, Verb Classic at Next Level 101, South Carolina. Uh, I wish I could be in attendance, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Just don't, they didn't invite me. I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a what's it called, a hired gun for that race. I heard Matt Burkeen's going to go, so that'll make it good. Um, but this is how it's going to work. Matty B versus Chex. See who's going to be the top dog at the, at the end of SMX. One point per correct answer. Boys, are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, right, all right. Question number one. Which star rider wins the most motos during the SMX playoffs? Checkers, you have the floor. Well, let's see. You got Deegan, Kitchen, Justin Cooper, Jordan Smith. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that not only does Deegan get the most, he is the only one to get a moto win. Wow. You think you think uh, like Cooper is like uh so focused on 450 life and Kitchen's just like give me that PC Cowie. Um, I think that Kitchen doesn't get good enough starts, and he would be the one that I actually would see winning a moto. Um, if somebody else were to do it. The reason I don't think Justin Cooper, he's a really good second and third place guy. Plain and wow. simple, like he just doesn't win a lot. Really good. He gets a lot second of second and, third. and thirds. He's really freaking fast. He's really consistent. He might be not might be. He likely will be a title contender in this thing, but I don't see him winning motos. And if you've ever heard anything that I've ever put out, you know that I expect Jordan Smith to find himself on the ground pretty much twice a moto, especially with 20 minute motos, if he even makes it through all three races. So I have zero faith in him being a title contender or a race winner. I'm sorry. The dude probably thinks I absolutely hate him. I don't. I just don't think he can get it done. And it's, I mean, I have history on my side on that one. Fair enough. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Matty B? Uh, this was a pretty easy question for me. Honestly, I'm feeling dangerous. I got to go with Deegan. He's just got so much momentum, so much youth, so much exuberance. The dude has got to be hyped up. He's coming off of a year of getting, what did he get? Second in Supercross and I think fourth outdoors. Second in points total, yeah. And he very well could have been second in both, and he was even a title contender for um, 250 Outdoors. And he's he's one of the few people this year that's just straight up put it to those guys like he did at Washougal. And he's only got to do it for three times, and it's not – you know, Outdoors, I think something that was really affecting him is um, he wasn't doing nearly as well at the tracks that he hadn't been to yet. Like I know Millville and Southwick, he struggled. Um, but then some of the other tracks like Bud's, he was ripping because he hadn't been there or iron man so this this these tracks are new for everybody so um those guys won't have that advantage on him 
Um, I agree with most of Chris's points about the rest of the guys. I could definitely see Kitchen um, getting a whole shot and winning a moto. You just never know what you're going to get out of him. One weekend he's fighting for the win. The next weekend he's battling for 14th. It's a deep class, so it's really start dependent. So um, you could see a variety of things out of Kitchen. And I, I kind of got to agree with him about Justin Cooper as well. Like he just, for whatever reason, he, he is always like two, three. And I, I'm that's not to say that he can't pull out a win in SMX. It's just, I I typically like to bet on, on the side of, of what history's already shown me. So um, out of those guys, and obviously I, I forgot to touch on Jordan. He's coming in, he's coming off of being hurt. So I really don't even know what to think about his, his prep or anything like that since he had to take the whole second half of the summer off. So I'm not really sure where he's at, but in summary, feeling dangerous. Got to go with Deegan. Fair enough. He is the only one aside from the two Lawrence brothers in the 250 class that has held the points lead uh, in that class period. In either in outdoors, supercross, you name it, uh, those guys had red plates on their bikes all year long. It's question number two. Does Pro Circuit Kawasaki get an SMX overall win? They're rolling into the gates with uh, Joe Shimoda, smoking Joe Shimoda, Ryder D, Seth Hammaker, as well as Austin Forkner, who will be in the LCQ. Matty B, you get to go first. Sorry, Mitch. I don't think so. I really don't. I uh, If I had to guess, I think the overall winners would probably be a combo of, of uh, Hunter and Deegan. Those, those are kind of the favorites for me personally, but um, I could definitely see them getting some podiums. I just, unless something happens with split start or some sort of, um, some sort of different scenario like that, I don't really know if I see a straight up win from PC. I think their best shot is Shimoda and they've got a real dark horse in Hammaker. I'm going to talk a little bit more about him later, but I just don't quite see them coming out on top. Jax. Um, in in my opinion, I think we would see three different winners in three different races overall. I really genuinely do, simply for the fact that I predict there's going to be a lot of inconsistency and a lot of mix-up with the Especially depth of mud. the class, the crazy kids, all the pressure, and that side of things. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me to see one of the Yamahas get a win, Deegan, Hunter to get a win, the Cowies to get a win, or even um, one of the KTMs or Husqvarna's get a win, perhaps. I could see all of those situations. So I'm just going to go with yes. And I think it's also because they have three guys that I feel like wouldn't surprise me if they got it done. Shimoda just won the last outdoor, crushed it. Um, I'm nervous on him just coming in because it seems like when he is a, quote, contender and has that pressure, he actually doesn't do as well. But once the pressure is off and he's not a title contender, all of a sudden he steps it up and is much better. He hasn't been great in Supercross really ever. Um, if you look back at his results, he's been okay, but he has not been great. Um, Seth Hamaker, I know Brad coming into Supercross, you were super high on him. I am a huge fan of Seth Hamaker. Um, the dude has like almost a 50% podium ratio in Supercrosses that he's been at. I believe he is healthy coming in for once it wouldn't shock me at all for him to get a win. And although Forkner has come out of the LCQ in a moto, if say this weekend with split start, he's able to salvage an okay start in that first one. Yeah. And then after that, he's got a great gate pick for the second moto. He has the talent in Supercross to get it done. So with three guys that could do it, and I think a whole lot of chaos on the line, I'm going to say that Pro Circuit Kawasaki does find a way to get an overall win. Yeah, Forkner might be the fastest out of the four. Uh, it kind of blows me away that like after literally over a decade of hype and unbelievable results and all that, Ryder D, like 
I can't quite put my finger on it as to why he seems to struggle, why he seems to fade. I I, I don't know. I I I can't really like. Obviously, I'm not close enough to the uh, to the situation to really give uh, an educated answer on it. It's just extremely perplexing for a guy who was so dominant and so successful to to have a a really. I can't. The only way to explain it is a very lackluster uh, professional debut rookie season. Uh, I don't think does he does he even have a does he have a podium in a moto yet? I don't believe so. And I, I mean, like, I think a lot of it comes back to the fact that he was so good as an amateur yeah. and he almost was so much better than everybody that he hasn't had to face the adversity and he's relearning how to face adversity. And I think he was so good. He could get out. He could get a lead on everybody almost all the time. And then cruise. I honestly don't think that he's physically out of shape is why he's fading because here's the deal. You don't get to where he's at with the people he has around him and not be putting in the work off the bike to be physically fit. I have to think it's more of a mental drained thing. And it's probably because there's constantly in the 250 class on the pro level, you constantly are eating rocks from somebody in front of you and you have someone smashing into the side plate of you in every corner trying to get by you or trying to rail around the outside or putting a tire up the inside. There's no mental break. And I think that that's something that he's getting used to and something that's new for him. Um, I don't know what the change of scenery will do for him next year, but I'm definitely not giving up on Ryder D. I mean, he is has the opportunity and the hype that he's had because he's always been looked at as a next level talent. That just doesn't go away overnight. So let him hopefully string together some time being healthy and whatnot. He's just not ready yet for me to say, oh, he's going to go out and crush it at SMX. Certainly. Uh, there's some question marks there. Question number three, Tom Vial versus Maximus Voland. Who finishes higher in SMX points? Checkers, you have the floor. Um, I think Voland finishes higher in points. If you look back, he's had a really, really consistent year, a lot of six, sevenths, a handful of fifths. Um, I think he's underrated just because I think everybody looks at those supercross races he didn't have to or he didn't qualify for. But guess what? He's already qualified for SMX. He's already got his spot on the gate. And once he's in the motos, he's really strong. He's been really, really good, honestly, as far as being consistent. So I think he finishes higher in points. But I do think Tom Vial actually is the one that has a better single race finish because I think top speed wise and that side of things, I would probably give it to Tom Vial in one moto. But I think Maximus, he's he's put himself in his career right now where he's being more consistent and building. And it's honestly been really positive. Um, I'm on the Max Volan train right now. I think within two years that he's a title contender, I see him on the podium already next year. And uh, the following year, I, I think he'll be fighting for wins. Maddie B. This works out perfect because I think I'm going with the Frenchie. I think Vial will be a little better. And I think most of the basis for that decision – I, it just kind of sticks out in my memory. This was like a year and a half ago, but last year, whenever Vial or whenever Voland was really, really struggling with Supercross, I remember he did not make, um, I guess it was kind of like normally a main, but it was the night show at, at Atlanta. It was the East West showdown, and Voland didn't even make it to like the night show, the heat races. Um, and I think who was it, Stank Dog or somebody that was on a 125 did. So that just kind of sticks out to me. I know he's come a long way since then, but I just don't know if the speedways are his forte could totally be wrong. I hope he proves me wrong. I'll be rooting for him, but um, yeah, I think the will come out on top of the two. We got uh, so far for those people keeping track at home, uh, we got an agreement on the, uh, on question number one. So that either guy is either going to get one point for uh, you guys are both going to get a point or nobody's going to get a point 
number one. And then uh, for the Kawasaki, who's uh, do they get a win or not? Uh, Matty B went with no, uh, and Checkers went with yes for the uh, the the green team getting some uh, getting a win in SMX on the overall side of things. Question number three, and we have uh, for the between Vial and Voland. Uh, what are the likelihood the two they get two guys on the same team with the last name starting with V? That is unlikely. Uh, but uh, Checkers goes with Voland, and uh, Matt goes with Vial. Question number four: There are six motos in SMX. Does Hunter Lawrence win four or more of those races, Maddie? I'll let you take the floor. Uh, I, this was actually a pretty hard one for me because I feel like he could probably win three or four of them, but I'm going to go with no just because of how the format, the tracks, and all that are. I think it's kind of going to be a little bit of a crapshoot, so I'd be a little bit surprised if I see some dominance of four wins or more, so I'm going to go with no. Well, I mean, I think you just got to look back at the Pro Motocross series. Um, while Hunter has been absolutely winning, winning, winning through Supercross, he won a lot of outdoors, but he didn't win a lot of them with a 1-1 performance. He is outsmarting this 250 class because he has superior skills than a lot of these guys, superior maturity. He's not going to get this thing done by winning more motos. He's going to get it done by winning more overalls. He might take a second or take a third because he knows what's important is that he's there every single week, not stacking the thing up, not cartwheeling across the track. So I don't think we see him win four more to four or more motos. I think that he will have a podium in probably every single moto, and that's how he gets this thing done. Fair enough. So you both said no? Correct. Wow. Okay. It was a wash on that one. You guys are either both right or you're both wrong. Question number five. Uh, the proverbial uh, grenade with a pin pulled, RJ Hampshire versus Mr. Steady Eddie himself, uh, Justin Cooper. Who finishes in front of who in overall points for SMX? Checkers, I'll let you pull on this one first. I don't think that there's anyone in the field more consistent than Justin Cooper over his career. He's constantly there. He's always in the mix. And on the other side, you got RJ Hampshire. Let's let's put this in this perspective for you. We're at the LA Coliseum. RJ Hampshire comes in maybe third in points. It's triple points night. All of it is on the line for a world championship. RJ's chance to get a number one plate. He's going to go into that first turn wide open and forget to not overuse the front brake and push the front end, or he's going to be half. He could be out front by half a lap and crash three times in that race. There is zero chance with that much pressure on the line that RJ Hampshire can keep it on two wheels. He's proved it time and time and time again. He's not consistent enough to get it done. Justin Cooper will be there every single moto clicking off them seconds, clicking off them thirds, and he'll have a chance at this title. RJ Hampshire, there's no way. That's a, too much of a roller coaster. I'm out. Matty B. Well, I guess I'm going to share the same viewpoint. I don't think I'm quite as negative on RJ, but I got to go with Jake Coop. Um, mostly just because the last time I saw RJ, he was getting hauled out of uh, Unadilla with a neck brace on. So I'm not sure if that's like the most positive um kind of positive start to the season. I'm sure he's going to be all right for the start of it, but he's obviously not coming in with the momentum that Jay Coop has from being healthy all summer besides his little high point debacle, but that's a lot more in the past. So um, I, I was impressed by RJ Supercross this year. It really seemed like he was trying to turn over a new leaf. He still showed signs of old RJ. He, you know, 
he tried his best to bury it, but it still came out a couple times. But you just can't beat Cooper's consistency. That dude will get second and third until he turns 65. I mean, that's just what he does. Certainly. Like, you know what? Picking, like, RJ would be like dating a stripper. Like, you might have some of the most unbelievable nights of your life, but in the end, your car gets keyed and it's a lesson learned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's no, like, you either end up with like a championship or all of your stuff is on the front lawn on fire. Um, and, One more and- thing on that, actually. Matt really needs to go back to Supercross with RJ. Um, and I, I'm going to I'm gonna stand corrected a little bit because looking at it, in He's seven of the nine races on the 250, in seven of the nine races on the 250, he was first or second place. He only had two times that he wasn't first or second. So I will absolutely stand corrected. Um, there was those two bad ones. I do still believe in Justin Cooper to get it done, but I have to correct myself a little bit that RJ actually has really started to turn it around and made strides forward in supercross it was so long ago i forgot about it um so i stand corrected that he is making progress but and, yeah and i do believe in cooper still for, for one of those missed podiums he was only about 40 feet from getting third and he decided to kamikaze jet <laughs> yeah he's uh, i think he's still uh, i think he's still shitting water and mud from that from that night that's going to be him going into the la first turn by the way <laughs> that is going to be ridiculous and then also also all these results get absolutely turned on their ear if this if the clouds open up uh this weekend in charlotte uh it's time for the race tech race your way in segment that's right lcqs they're awesome we line the fences for them as far uh, as i know they are part of the race day live program this that is not great. going to that so they're actually not going to be part of the 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 actual uh the race evening so you're gonna have to watch race day live you want to watch those maddie b have, do you have any thoughts on uh on lcqs i know you're a big fan of all the melees and happenings that go on with that uh Back. my favorite one from this year was your unadilla lcq where you were you rode like me which is a an insult if i've ever heard one before no i i don't really know if i did anything wrong it was everybody around me man but yeah i I, I was trying to interrupt you to say LCQs are not great just because I came off of my summer of having to race them myself. But <laughs> as a fan, LCQs are a goldmine, baby. Let's go. My my iPhone will be rolling for four minutes plus a lap for both LCQs this weekend without a choice in the world. They're going to be great. People are going to be going out for blood. Filthy Phil is going to be flipping somebody off. I can't wait. Race five minutes plus one. Five minutes plus one. So it's a six, five, six lap race. Race tech, the choice of Zombie Belos, who instead of racing for the Pro Circuit Kawasaki team, he will be on Phoenix Honda with Phoenix suspension complete with Race Tech gold belts. And he is from Phoenix. He will not be running Phoenix handlebars because he's not a fucking idiot. And um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's all things Phoenix. I'm excited about it, Matt Burkeen. Uh, yeah, you you might have you might have a little bit of a leg up in this situation because not only do you run uh, race tech gold belt, you've been in some uh, some LCQs, and uh, and that's why we're gonna get let you go first. When this is essentially a name game, you're we're gonna give you two names, and you're gonna tell me who's gonna finish ahead of who, uh, and actually get themselves into the races. Starting off first with uh number one two five luke niece and hunter yoder am i able to give a super a super short explanation too go for it all right i'm Only going if to go. it's about yoder 
I'm going Yoder just for the starts. Yoder was yanking starts all year. In, even yeah. heat race, I think he whole shot at the main. I think Luke's a little bit faster, but I just got Yoder for the starts, and it's only five minutes, so I'm going Yoder. Okay, fair enough. Can't reach through the ground, but he can reach the finish line. Uh, I am. I'm blown away. I thought I thought Matt and Luke Neese are like boys. They're homies. And he just totally backstabbed his dude and went Yoder. And yeah. for that Storm reason, Lake Honda, no doubt. Like, what the heck, Matty B? But guess what? I'm not going to backstab my guy. I am 100% on the Yoder train. He's my guy. I've always been a big fan. I'm a little worried because I think he just got back on the Cowie. And I know he was testing some new suspension yesterday for the first time um, the week of the race, which may or may not go well i don't even know if he's gonna run it okay. for sure answer my answer i'm going nice i didn't know any of this <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know any of this all right no, hunter has enough. been riding and he's been riding supercross but he's been doing it on an hep suzuki for wsx at least prior to that um i know prmx just found out we talked about it yesterday they found out they're going to the race yesterday awesome. um but not only is yoda a great starter um i think he's I mean, he was an Orange Brigade kid that got signed to Geico for a reason. The kid has unreal talent and skills on a dirt bike. Um, it's just taken him a little bit to kind of figure out the transition to the pro side when his guaranteed pro ride just fell apart as he's going through that transition. It's been tough for him, but he really rebuilt last year. I mean, he was in the top 10 in a lot of races. He led races. He literally led heat races and main events. How can you not go Hunter Yoder in an LCQ? Um Sorry, Luke Nice. I think you're a badass. I had to race your damn dad, and he T-boned the shit out of me a couple times really? in an LCQ, nonetheless. But guess what? shout out, shout out to Luke Nice for being a badass and having a badass dad. But he's not going to beat Yoder. So that was not a quick explanation. We need to speed this up. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, you guys are just uh, an absolute mouthful uh, right now. Honestly, I, I like I like Yoder in that situation. Uh, he's 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 going to have the speed, and he's great on starts, like uh, like Matt said. Uh, Checks. Next one's going to you first. Uh, Michael Hicks, your general tire arena cross champion and jamming Josh Verrees, who used to get, uh, used to be backed by uh, Jimmy Sloan, which uh, I don't know if that guy's uh, completely off the grid or not at this point, but regardless, uh, that's where I know Josh from. Yeah. So Josh Verrees is, I mean, he was, he was a touted amateur as well. And that's why he's had this AEO KTM ride that he has. He's on a great team with great support, but honestly, he has not had a great year. I don't know no, what the heck's happened good. to Josh Fries. He needs to deliver during this SMX. I think if he wants to keep himself on the map of being a supercross racer, and frankly, I don't have the faith in it happening. I think he put money on the line. Michael Hicks has the nickname, the Hitman for a reason. If there's money on the line, he's going to show up. He's going to smash you to get it. And Michael Hicks is a bad, bad dude. Um, I think he'll be really good to get into some of these races. I don't know about the 20 minutes plus one, but Michael Hicks, I think, will get into more of them than Josh Faris, so I'm going to go with him. All right. Going to have to share pretty much the same viewpoint. I mean, I whenever I saw this question, I just thought, all right, you know, it's a five-minute LCQ, and Michael Hicks makes tens of thousands of dollars on five-minute races all year long. Um, it is quite a bit different from arena cross obviously this is super duper liability cross so it's like way bigger even than supercross and arena cross arena crash is even smaller than supercross so he's got a different he's got to hang on sorry am i uh i got somebody calling oh, what's going on. oh shit we lost him well, that's you can go awesome ahead add your thoughts in and he can jump back in Okay, I'll, like, he'll jump in whenever he, he's able to. Uh, he's currently fielding a phone call from Ronald Noddled. Um, 
one of the things I want to talk about about the the LCQs wait, wait, wait. and the private. I just got a general. text. It was it was Team USA calling. They need Matt Burkeen. They've run out of options completely. They need oh. Matt Burkeen to step up for the team so that we can field a team for the Motocross of Nations. No wonder he had to take that phone call. You heard it here first, guys. That is awesome. I'm so excited to see Matt Matty B at the uh, Motocross Des Nations this year. Uh, I'll get this off uh, this this off quickly while his audio connects. Um, I think that Michael Hicks might be to have the best financial backing of any of the privateers. Um, like I, I, as far as I know, he essentially runs his own damn program. I know he was with storm. It was with like storm like Honda, correct? It's the Tyler storm and Honda team. It's a uh, buddy right. Brooks racing and he's right. still with them. Um, and still has support from them. And I mean, he has a pretty unique program where, you know, he goes and just dominates their general tire arena cross series. And then, he goes and just hits money races all summer long, hitting fair races. Him and uh, Lance Kobush were going around together this this summer. And rumor has it they were going to the races together, splitting expenses and splitting all the money that they made. So they weren't actually racing each other as they were going one, two, just cashing in. And, and uh, probably sharing some women as well. That, that is a crusade <laughs> that uh, professional motocross <laughs> racers can do. And uh, yeah, hey uh like you, you you get into a new town you, you open the app you start swiping make some cash and then you go hit uh go hit the uh hit the bar uh hey, yeah uh, was, uh, sorry Tim. i thought you were i thought you were done making your awesome point which i think is hilarious uh matt yeah. your audio appears to be muted and you please update us on how the phone call with roger DeCoster went about your team usa pick congratulations no, no i like i said they were waiting for the team to see if i made it at iron man and Right after I did that front flip, they went ahead and axed me from the team. So I guess they're going to have to settle for like AP or Chase or some other Joe. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, that that wasn't why he was calling. He he had some words about my season. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, we should do an entire podcast on like wacky ideas to like change things to certain events. One of which being like rather than having – one 250 guy, one 450 guy, and just another 450 guy for uh, MXDN. Why not throw a guy like throw it like have a 125 class? Like just I've got a better idea. What's that? I got a better idea. Why? One, what's your what's your one, idea? One guy on a two stroke. Yes. One guy that was on my a, other idea. One guy on a four stroke, and then wait for it. The third guy on, on a three wheeler. Three wheeler. Yeah. I knew that's where he's going. I'm like three wheeler. Yeah, it's going three wheeler all day. Sidecar. Yeah. Oh fuck. Yes. That would be even better. That'd be even better. I'm riding the sidecar and my and Matt Burkeen is my monkey. That's what the the, the, the guy in the, the cart is called the monkey. Uh <laughs> and that is a ridiculous and like and, and it's same same format as MXDN though. Like it's a half gate of <laughs> sidecars with moto dudes. And yeah, that would be absolute pandemonium. Uh, I like it though. Just right. like the second half of Matt's season, this podcast has gone off the rails. Off the rails. Off the rails. All right. Getting back on the rails with Preston Kilroy and Cody Shock, which I don't think there's any over under bridges in SMX. So he'll be happy to hear that because he, uh, he football tackled one of those at the very first round of East coast supercross. That was pretty scary. Matt, you have the floor to pick between these two Jekyllooms. Well, this was, I think, probably the easiest question for me. I'm going to go shock, and I got to make a point. I had some people try to tell me that shock hitting the wall in Supercross is way gnarlier than me hitting the wall, and I've got a very simple explanation for you. Concrete Cody versus shock. steel. Cody Shock said whenever he hit the wall, 
his main thought was he was surprised how soft it was. I wasn't even conscious to think that thought. So who's got who there? <laughs> but okay. no, I'm going, I'm going shocked. All right. Sure. I'm shocked by your response. Go ahead, checkers. Um, I, I hate to say it, but I would look at the results after the race and be like, oh, Preston Kilroy, all summer long in the motocross series. Honestly, he was invisible to me. He ended up 21st in points. He had a top 10 moto. Um, Whereas Shock, he's a great outdoor guy, but we haven't seen him. He's been sitting on the sidelines. He has that Phoenix Honda ride going into um, SMX. He had a couple top 10s this year. Um, Shock's a super good rider. He's much improved. I think he has a ton of support. Um, I think it's pretty easy to go. Cody Shock here, um, 21st in MX points for Kilroy. Didn't ride Supercross. I, I don't think it's much of a question. No more explanation needed than that. And I bet that that over-under bridge was actually – padded slightly i don't think it's oh, just for sure it's gotta have something have on something. it it's gotta have something on it so, uh yeah it definitely has it has to have like it can't be completely just bare metal in a in a tarp uh like those guys are smarter than that uh this is an interesting one uh, although you have two guys who i believe were both supercross uh rookies although austin forkner feels like a long time ago 2016 when he had his rookie season in supercross austin forkner versus cullen park who i met him at uh at loretta lynn's i think he's seven feet tall um go ahead checkers i mean i think this one's pretty pretty easy and obvious um I do think that Forkner, we talked about earlier, is going to struggle a little bit in the motos with the bad start start pick and that it's a deep field of factory guys. But that's against the factory guys. That's not against Colin Park. Um, on the other hand, Park did have a good season. He was ninth in 250 East. He had seven top 10 finishes. Like, that's super good. That's not Austin Forkner level. The only way that Park beats him, I think, is if Forkner, unfortunately, goes back out to the sidelines with injury. Um, I think both guys one of these things good and have and park has had a good year but he's still not a title contender like austin forkner so forkner it is i would absolutely like, i would just go on record saying i would think it would be awesome and hilarious if austin forkner wins the smx world championship go ahead matt um i'm gonna have to go with um forkner also it's kind of the obvious choice but I do think that Forkner and Park both, they could be two of the three that qualify in straight in for most of these rounds. I feel like those two, obviously Forkner's the top, but I think those two are both um, a couple of the best riders in the class. And um, yeah, it's, it's just hard to argue with Forkner, man. He's just, as long as he holds it together, you know, he's going to get through there and, and do well in those mains. It's just with him, it's all about, can he avoid incident, which he hasn't been able to do for the last few years. And even when he came back outdoors, he, um, had that crash at Washougal off the start, and then he um, had a pretty gnarly lawn dart, similarly to myself at Ironman. So as long as he doesn't do any of that stuff, it's a pretty, uh, pretty easy choice, I think. So yeah, I'm gonna go Forkner. Forkner, easy, peasy. All right, for this one we have uh, Derek Kelly versus Chris Zombie Blows. Uh, one of these guys is gonna be running race tech suspension. The other one won't be that fortunate. I'll let the two of you guys uh, kind of. Uh, duke this one out i have to go run upstairs and get something real quick all right maddie b well i'm gonna just skip in front of you here because i actually have some stats on this one because god knows that i have chris blows facts coming out my ears um chris was the top ranked rider to not get into the top 20 um he was fifth in 250 east supercross points he's been on the honda a bunch getting ready for wsx he's always agreed well with the honda he has a great team with phoenix honda um, I think he qualifies for all three of the rounds 
And honestly, most likely he's going to outlast these top or a lot of these 250 kids in the war of attrition that we always constantly see, especially with this two moto format and long motos and that side of things. And we know zombies never die. So I think he's going to be battling for the top 10 in the series by the time this thing's over, just based on absolute consistency. Derek Kelly, ninth in 250 West, seems like ages ago that he was doing that. He was 24th in 250 MX. Derek Kelly's season kind of went off the rails outdoors a little bit uh, week in and week out. He wasn't he wasn't delivering like he has previously. I don't know what the heck is going on with Derek Kelly. So I have to go with Blos. What do you got, Matty B? I'm going to stick with you on this one. I got to go Blos too for most of the reasons you said. He's a vet. I'm like you said, also, zombies never die. I mean, that dude can go headfirst into the whoops. You go to the funeral, take him away in the hearse, bury him the whole nine yards, and the next round he's still there. So um, I just can't see Blows getting beat on this one, and um, I agree with you. I think he'll probably find his way into those mains every time, and his consistency should get him a decent little check. I know that um, these 250 guys are not fighting for near as much money as these 450 guys, so it's the motivation's not quite – what it would be in that 450 class, but either way, man, he's a zombie. He's a veteran. I'm going blows. At the same point, I think anytime you line up on the gate, you you don't you don't factor in the money part once you're on the starting gate to get to the gate and to you know push through the week and that side of things. I think you do, but really, once you line up, you're just a racer. And I mean, we talked about that a little bit with, uh, or I was talking with one of my buddies about it with with the whole Forkner getting into the top 30 thing, like he had the number like I need to get into SMX, but at the end of the day, that number really doesn't matter or didn't matter, but he was a racer. He's going to show up and he's going to try to do good. No matter what, what's on the line. If he's lining up, he's got to, it's his career. It's his job. Like you don't see guys just go, Oh, I'm just going to, you know, mail it in because it's not a contract year for me or, or stuff like that. I mean, we have those rumors and it's all fun and games to talk about, but the fact of the matter is when you're on the starting gate, you're either going for it or you're not. I mean, you don't really like lay up or not put as much effort in, right? No, definitely. And, and I know me personally, I feel like whenever I've thought about the money, it kind of hurts me negatively. So obviously you think about it in the lead up, but once you get, once you get there, you really just need to think about executing and what you're doing on the bike, what you're doing on the track. And um, I don't know, maybe for other people, they think about the money and it gets them going, but I just feel like it's better to, to just focus on the actual task at hand. We have a we have someone new that joined us. I think. <laughs> what? what are you talking about? <laughs> I just put on a hat. <laughs> Can we see the back of the jersey? None other than uh, Mr. Pedro Gonzalez. Oh, Speedy Gonzalez! This is an arena cross jersey yeah. from uh, I want to say two thousand one. I was going to say two thousand one because I believe in two thousand he was on Kawasaki's on the number forty nine. Ryan for yes, he was. power sports that no longer exists speaking yeah. of our post conversation they had, last a, night, they had a road champs they had one of these yep. uh of the 49 with uh with black plates they i also had that had a, as a kid they had a budman one yeah they had a budman one. one oh yeah they had debo those are sweet the level of detail in these is yeah. is absolutely redonkulous Compared to, sorry, so far ahead of its time. Oh, I know. Well, compared to what they have now, where like the whole rider is just one color and they don't even have gear. Like, there's literally like they even have like it's a showy helmet, which is actually like the the nose cone of it even looks like a showy. 
uh the the graphics are spot on um yeah no this is ridiculous um but yeah check that thing out Woo. there you go there you go. Uh, there's a guy who does like mx models on instagram i want to buy all of them from him especially because he does uh like a modern or like 03 to 08 looking cowie so uh but that's a conversation for another time you guys just discussed the Chris Blos, Derek Kelly uh, situation. I assume that you that uh, you guys were both like just motherfucking each other uh, about uh, your uh, your decision on those. But uh, just to recap, uh, looking at it, it looks like went um, Matt changed his answer from Hunter Yoder to Luke Nice. Checkers went with Hunter Yoder. Uh, I think the both of you guys went with Hicks. You both went with uh, Shock, uh, which was shocking. Um, you both went with Forkner, which means for those three answers, you guys are either both right or both wrong. And then who did you each take for uh, Kelly and uh, Chris Blows? We both took Blows. Amazing. So in this in this game, there the only way, uh, like it's basically it's a this whole game is Luke Nice versus Hunter Yoder, which is hilarious. It was uh, almost nobody versus nobody until I changed. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we that was almost over that segment. Clearly. That whole segment, oh. that like, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I hope that uh, I hope that it works out for one of you, uh, Brad. It's time for the Big MX Big Prediction segment. Um, I'm super stoked on this. Uh, who is going to be a who? Who would you consider to be a uh, the breakout rider rider of the 2023 SMX playoffs? And, oof, uh, I think like it's got to be like. Can I, can I change this one a little bit? I think, like, who needs to have a breakout ride? Um, well, we, get, we get to that one. We can change the yeah. the, the future of the sport one to okay. that. Like to. Fair enough. All right, so then I'll, I'll change that one uh, that comes up in a couple. Uh, who's going to be the breakout rider? Whew, that'll be good. Uh, I'm going to go with Caden Braswell. I think he's going to be the, be the – he's going to have the, the, the fitness. I think he, he struggles with Supercross whoops. And I think that's going to be my guy. Uh, I actually wasn't supposed to go first on this. It was supposed to be checks, but I just, uh, I've just pulled the whole shot on you, big guy. I'm going with uh, Mr. Braswell. I mean, I'll give you Braswell. I don't, uh, I don't particularly see it or agree. I think it's taking a step off a factory bike for him. And I'm be wrong. Other than an amazing Loretta Lynn's last year, like I haven't really seen anything all that impressive from Braswell in years, really. Um, not to be super down on it. Like I hope that I hope that he makes it happen um because i do think he kind of got screwed after being the top a guy at loretta's last year not having an opportunity but i don't see it um but my breakout i do see a seth hammaker and damn you I, when brad seth. went before me I've i thought he was gonna steal it so i'm glad i stole it from you matt God. maybe it's not that much of a breakout if we're all expecting it it almost is uh just setting him up for failure but i think hammaker for sure um will be the the breakout guy would love to also to see him win i would honestly love i i like great kid great story good sense of humor uh salty of the earth individual seth hammaker would love to see him win remember 50 percent podium ratio i think it's like just under that i think he's one short of 50 percent podium ratio in supercross he's a bad dude let's say you team fried hey Man. one thing on hammaker before so i can give matt a chance to actually to think about his picks though 
is a while back, like there were some kind of scary, I wouldn't even want to say fitness issues, but health issues. Remember he passed out like right after the finish line at, at the other Daytona or Atlanta, like right after he crossed the finish and yeah, he had struggles like- outdoors and he kind of went through some Epstein bar stuff. Is that all for sure behind him? Because we do have two 20 plus ones. He's fine. Back- okay. Good, man. He's ready He's to dig. Well, I uh, was trying I- to pull, I was trying to pull the SMX standings on my TV and don't ask me how this happened, but now there's apparently a 4K video of Thailand on my TV instead. Wasn't looking at that. So, hey. shit, I don't know. Daddy B and Lady Boys. All right. I, I have been so sold on Hammaker. Like, I don't even know how to change my answer. I just, I'm Team Seth. Seth, who? Seth Hammaker, baby. Let's go. I'm not even, I'm not changing my answer. I'm sticking with <laughs> Seth. Um, he was out all year up until the end of outdoors. I mean, We've seen guys that go out during Supercross and come back outdoor struggle, and he was out for the whole year and came right back and slotted right in where he belonged, right in there in the top five, running top three for a while. I feel like even this year, after all that time off, I think that he showed some better fitness than he had last year when he was dealing with those issues he had. I don't know any of this. I don't have any inside information or anything on that, but I feel like he's good to go now. I'm I'm saying Seth Hamaker, and I'm breaking the keyboard. Seth Hamaker. Okay, fair enough. I didn't know you had the kind of funds to replace a keyboard like that, but good on you. I don't. Uh, I don't type <laughs> yeah, it's like he's breaking the keyboard on his phone, which like that doesn't really exist uh, unless you <laughs> unless you run like a BlackBerry Pearl or something along those lines. Um, which I would, if you had a cell phone that wasn't an iPhone, that's what it would be. Uh, who will be the biggest letdown of the 2023 SMX playoffs? Oh, letdown. I'm gonna go. Uh, say a letdown would be like you is gonna you'd expect him to do well and he's not. I know there's some people who out there that have high expectations of this individual, but I don't. I'm gonna say that it's oh damn it, I I hate it. Talon Hawkins. I think Talon Hawkins. He's had like he has had a really hard rookie season. He kind of got thrown into East Coast Supercross like on a, a little bit of a whim. I think he was a, a fill in for Gaelic Swole and he did not have a lot of really, really solid motos outdoors. I hate to say it because he's such an awesome kid. Um, I, I think that's going to be our, my, my letdown for this, uh, for this for SMX playoffs. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I love that kid, but uh, I think it's going to be uh, Talon Hawkins. I better get to go first in this last one. Cause I've gotten both of my answers snaked. <laughs> you do actually so that helps all right sweet well i had two names so i'll just go for the other one and this could be good for debate because i heard checks 448 talk very highly of this individual earlier and i i don't really know i don't know if i have any like data for this prediction or not but i guess i'm going max volan just because of the struggles he's had in supercross um obviously he's a factory ktm guy so they expect a lot out of him and um just like whatever he's had going on in supercross he just has these random weirdo rides where he like won't make the main or will have a really bad night so um just and i i think outdoors is kind of where he's shown ever since he turned pro even if you guys remember the first pro moto he ever did he led for like 20 minutes out at paula so i feel like i feel like supercross just hasn't came quite as easy to him i don't know for whatever reason something just always happens so i'm going max volan well i don't know what the the expectations that he's letting down are but what i do know is that he had four top fives in supercross this year 
and he was never outside the top 10 once he was in the main event, but he did miss two main events. So I'll give you that he missed two main events. However, dude is pretty damn good. So um, that's why I keep saying I think he's underrated. Um, I don't see him going out winning or podium. So if he if those are your expectations, I think you'll be let down. If you think he's going to be a, right around the top 10, but 5 to 10 area where he's been all year, I think you'll see him stay there. And he won't be a letdown. But I guess, Matt, you and I can disagree. And you can just join the rest of the haters on Max Volan. But I'm riding it all the way to that PC Cowie. And we're going to kick some ass because I'm on Team He Bowling. is going to PC, yeah. That's that's what I've heard. That's the rumor on the street. But you know who will be a letdown? When you're a factory rider, the only one in the SMX Cup for your factory team in the 250 class, you're probably expected to be a title contender. I don't even expect to see this person in the top 10 at the end of the SMX playoffs because, well, he drops down the points just like he drops his motorcycle over and over and over again. It's a broken record. Oh. There's three guys that I could be talking about in this class, that but a- it's oh. Pierce Brown. I'm, oh, yeah. I knew well, it. I, I don't know what the heck's going on with Pierce Brown. I was a big, big believer in Pierce Brown as he was an amateur, but here's the thing. These Austrian programs have had a really difficult time transitioning their guys into the pro ranks. And that's why I'm worried guys. about Ryder D. So next year, that's why I'm very much worried. Like, is there any possibility? And like Maddie V, you might have done this. I know my dad made me do it growing up is like in the middle of a moto. My dad would pull me in and say, put the bike on the ground and pretend like you just got like, you like, you have to basically simulate a crash situation pick the bike up and, and like get back into race pace after having like a fall or something along those lines. Is it at all possible that this is so intrinsic into uh, Pierce Brown's like psyche when he's riding a motorcycle, he feels like he needs to put the bike on the ground in order to finish his moto. That would make some sense. Honestly, only thing I can do. Uh, You know what though? Me personally, I don't know if I should, if I should, uh, have anything negative to say about Pierce Brown. He he has qualified for SMX. I myself have struggled with that. So even though Pierce has been Plus crashing. his girlfriend's a fucking smoke show. Never seen her, but he can crash and still go faster than me. So I'll give him that. Apparently blindfolded at Loretta's. Maybe he's just year. daydreaming about her on the track and laying down, getting ready. Maybe. I don't know. Um, like I said, I, I don't know. The wheels have completely come off that cart. I think it's one of those things he needs to slow down to go faster. And I don't know if he knows how, because if he slows down, maybe he'll quit crashing. And at the end of the day, he'll be better off, but it's been an absolute disaster. Um, So maybe it won't even be a letdown because I don't think the expectations are that high. The other was my go-to of the same, basically story of Jordan Smith. So I do think that I've heard hype about Jordan Smith all year long. And I mean, I just consistently like the dude can come out and he can go fast. He absolutely can, but, He's not a title contender, plain and simple. You cannot have DNFs, injuries, failing to make main events, the stuff that happens to these guys and be considered a title contender. It just doesn't work. Yeah, but if he goes any slower, he's going to end up on a Suzuki and nobody wants that. Um, Okay, who needs to have a SMX 2023 playoffs of a lifetime in order to stay in the industry and stay on good, uh, good, good equipment? Um, Matt, I'll let you go first on this one because I sneaked you on the first two. Um, well, I have a couple of different categories of answers. The first one I'm thinking of is Forkner just because of how long of a shitty streak this dude's had. I mean, how long has it even been since he's been a title contender at all? I think it's been since like COVID crossed 2020 with Ferrandis was the last time he had a shot at it. So 
obviously, I think his future is going to be locked in. Just because of his potential, I feel like he'll be somebody where if Cowie ever kicks him to the curb, I feel like Star will have no choice but to pick him up just off potential alone. But I definitely think Forkner needs it mostly for personal reasons, just to get some confidence back, get some wind in the sails, and just get some momentum in the program. It's been so long. And then kind of on the other side of the coin, um, I'm thinking guys like Mumford, Braswell, um, even Hawkins. I feel like those guys that are kind of transitioning from going from factory to non-factory, this is a super, super pivotal time for them because it's an obvious disadvantage what they've been given. So um, if they let it affect them too much and really fall down the results, then they're kind of going to get kind of tossed to the wayside. and They're going to get the next big things that are coming up like they always do with a really doggy dog cutthroat world and the ride and the the world of trying to get a ride in motocross i wouldn't even know i'm not even considered but i think it's really important for those guys they've got to stay on the right trajectory and they're still young so i mean they do have time but if you get off off the right trajectory you get on bad equipment and then it doesn't really matter how much time you have because you're going to be fighting an uphill battle fair enough and mumford's not in correct oh he's not yes he is oh is he is he lcq guy uh no he's in right in 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 Interesting. Yeah, okay. Is he Gowie? As far as I'm, I know, I'm sure that, I'm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Cool. Yeah. Mumford was 17. Um, oh, nice. Oh, just by the skin of his fucking teeth. That's awesome. Um, For me, the, the, you know, guy, guy that really needs to perform. Um, I look at Jill, Dylan Schwartz. I think it's his opportunity because he wasn't as amazing outdoors as he typically is. Um, you know, to, to make that impression. My fantasy results reflect that. And then um, he hasn't really proven himself as a good supercross rider at all yet. He's kind of just one of those guys that's on the border of, of making it onto a factory team or not. And that's why he's kind of stuck in that middle ground with a Suzuki under him um, is because he's almost got it, but he doesn't. So people see some potential. So I think for Schwartz, it's really his opportunity to get himself looked at for some really good equipment um, or kind of fall completely off the map. And if it's not Schwartz, it's really anyone in that LCQ because they're all in that same kind of middle ground where they get some support, but they're not on the full factory deals. Um, and if they want to make the, you know, make a future for themselves, they need to perform now. I agree. So I get to go last on this one. Who needs to have uh, a great SMX? You got to go with, uh, with Brown. It's got it like, like Pierce Brown has got to have three amazing races in order for the industry to see this kid as someone who still has significant amount of, of potential in this industry right now. He's, but, but it doesn't he, matter. They already gave him another year on his deal, which is no. absolutely ridiculous that these guys are getting these. I mean, I've ranted and ranted about this. And again, I, I just, I get frustrated because, it's this 250 thing of just go fast and cartwheel your brains out, go fast, cartwheel your brains out. And I'm not a fan of that. Like I'm a fan of building gradually through and, and becoming something. So I'm constantly harping on this. So when I see guys like a Pierce Brown or a Jordan Smith, get these two-year deals off of what, like, what are you doing? What's your results? Which Jordan's results were much better this year than what he got signed off of. He got signed halfway through Supercross last year. And I don't even think he had a top five finish to a star Yamaha. He was like one of the first people they signed. I was like, what are you doing? Like there's so many other choices. You know who there. needs to have a really good SMX is Styles Robertson. No, he's, he's not, not right. racing. Him and Dax, both stars said, keep it awesome. at the house. As Amazing. well as uh, Mumford announced that he's out as well. So, I mean, I don't, 
I don't agree with the Styles Robertson though, because do you remember how good he was at the beginning of Supercross this year? Yeah. Styles Robertson was a bad dude, ripping, um, really turned things around. So I don't agree with that. Although I was also harping on that one of I was I really like Styles Robertson a lot, but I didn't understand that signing at all. Um, and I believe it was Denny in our shows that was saying, "Man, I think that he has something." And damn it, for once, Denny was actually right when he was arguing with the paint. Still call it, kept calling him Stylas. Yes, yes, Stylas. Makes all the time sense. uh and same with tom vialli um <laughs> yeah pronunciation not his strong suit um but yeah i don't know like yeah so did you say the carson carson mumford not in it? mumford did i meant to say cameron mcadoo i think i missed oh, mcadoo oh, okay yeah bummer mcadoo yeah mcadoo's uh, like, back riding but he's not in for smx and then robertson as well as um a bit of dax bennick staying home so Oh, uh, pretty crazy that the team's not to want to send them, but I guess the star truck would be really, really full. Yeah. They'd have like 900 guys. Uh, well, that's happens when you like sign literally everyone. Um, yeah. All right. So last call guys to talk about, uh, if we haven't already talked about them, uh, right off the first, right off the list, uh, Maddie B give me some thoughts on Jalex Swole. Um, I, honestly, it's been tough for me to really pay attention to Jalik because he didn't race any supercross. He was only there for outdoors. And even though I did have the chance to watch a handful of the outdoors, I wasn't really like just watching to watch. Like whenever I wasn't in the motos, I was trying to film him and do stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I haven't kind of really... in no man's land. He was in the, like the, he wasn't doing poorly enough to be like, Oh shit. Look at Jalik. Yeah, but he also no. wasn't doing well enough to be like, Oh shit. Look at Jalik. Yeah. So... And I do. I do think that one thing that's going to for sure help him out is no whoops. I feel like he's probably one of the worst guys on this 20 person list as far as the go, and he ain't got to deal with that. So I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see him coming out and setting the world on fire, but I don't see him being bad either. I feel like he'll be in that eight to 12 group, something like that. Fair enough. Uh, Checkers, give me some, uh, give me some talking points on Max Anstey. It's been a while since we saw him. And uh, yeah, he might not be the best whoop monster either in the class. He'll will be on a 250. He's probably wishing that World Supercross was a, you know more of a thing lately. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're gonna see the kid come back. I believe he'll be on the as uh, uh, he muck off again. Firepower Honda. Firepower and Honda. I mean, here's the thing: like, I literally put him on this last call list, and I, if you could see the the script that we have here in front of us, I have it bolded because I didn't have a place to really put him in in the verses, and. Uh, no, we never brought him up. He never came up in conversation. But if you remember, he won a Supercross race this year. It might have been muddy, but he did. It also, he was battling for podiums. He was second in the series for a long time. I mean, he was a contender in this thing, a legitimate contender. He had some serious speed. Um, and really, I think that stems was, from the fact that his racecraft over the rest of the guys he's racing with is superior. Exactly. Superior. Getting to the point I'm trying to prove when I was just ranting about these guys just go fast, go fast, crash. What Anstey did is, well, he went to be a 450 guy and just built and built some talent and some stuff and then put it con- combined it with speed when he actually has some racecraft to go with it. And he knows when to back it down and knows when to push it. I think that Anstey is going to be a sneaky good guy in this thing that nobody's talking about, just like he was when he came into the Supercross season. No one's talking about him. Do I see him winning the title? Absolutely not. But I think that he'll be, you know, kind of that seven to 10 range, maybe even a little bit better because remember we're putting the East and the West together. Um, I have no reason to think that his motorcycle is not competitive because we saw it was good enough in Supercross. Um, 
I don't see him having a weak point. That's the thing. I think he's strong and he's solid and he's going to be there every single moto of this thing. And we might not notice him. We might not talk about him, but he's going to be probably right around that top 10 at the end of this thing. Maddie B, any thoughts on Max Anstey, uh, the the Englishman? Is he English? He's English. Well, I don't have a whole lot more than Chris already touched on. I know I was going to get to him whenever we went through our top 10. I do have him in my top 10. Um, the only thing I will say is if it rains in Charlotte, I'll be finding the nearest casino betting place, and I'll be going and putting all my money. So all $12 will be going on Max. We're winning big. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, all right, boys, it's time to give our top 10 prediction. <coughs> or one, just one. one more that we one more we didn't talk about really at all other than that he was <coughs> racing, and that's uh, Mumford. And I believe that it sounds like Mumford has a deal set up for next year, but it's Supercross only um, on good equipment, though, with the Moto Concepts deal. That's at least what the rumor out there is. Um, but where do you guys think that he can stack up? I think that Mumford has – some serious speed. He really had a really good season when he was on the starting gate this year. Um, and if he gets good starts, he'll be up front. If he doesn't, he won't. Okay. That's and, what I think. and by up front, is that uh is that fifth? Is it tenth? Is it third? Where do you where do you see him? Good starts five through ten, bad starts nine to fifteen. Okay. Matty B, Echo. I think good starts, I say. 8 to 12, bad, bad start, 15 to 20. Ooh. Wow. I just, I, what what, I just what, don't did, see a what did Mumphy ever do to you? Absolutely nothing, but I just don't see a world where he starts behind these guys and he goes through guys like Swole and Voland, Vial. Like I, I just I don't see it personally, and that's nothing against Mumford. He's shredding. He qualified for the event. I said it before. I'll say it again. I couldn't do that, so he's got me there, but I just – I'm not quite as high on him as, as I think you are. You're not high. You're not very high at all. Uh, okay. So let's give our top 10 predictions. Um, like we said off of the, like this, th these points will be added to the single point that's awarded to the versus questions uh, for the, that, or I guess the, and then also are we doing versus questions getting points as well, or just the, uh, the wiener wiener chicken dinner? We'll do them all. I have notes for all of them, so we might as well do Perfect. them all. And awesome. I mean, here's the thing: all these won't be final until the end of uh, the end of SMX. But we can, as they run, we can do some updates on the social medias of where our points are. Since I I built this nice little scorecard spreadsheet that I'm using too. A hundred percent. And uh, um, are we also doing a a race tech uh, prize pack for uh, for someone whoever chooses in the I mean, comments you of this me into video? It. You yeah. pulled my arm, talked me into yeah, it, twisted it around. Uh, at the end of this, if you liked one of our predictions for the top 10, put your uh, your favorite Actually, uh, analyst in the comments. And uh, yeah, you will be entered to win uh, a Race Tech uh, prize pack. So yeah, thanks for... Uh, Can we do the most it? wrong prediction, actually? The sure. the most idiotic, stupid one? Okay, one so everyone's going to pick me. That we're idiots. Cool. That's, that, that would be better. Um, That's just, the other one, we did the positive 450. So this has been a pretty negative show for me, just kind of bashing on riders, which I absolutely feel like an a-hole for doing. Um, so let's go that route. Whoever okay. uh, thinks that we're idiots. Oh, well, that just means people are going to pick me anyway. 
Uh, so if you're within two, you get one point. If you're within one, you get uh, two points. And if you're right on the money, you get three points. And like we said, we're going to add this to uh, our competition earlier on, starting off with the 10th through 8th. So 10th, 9th, and 8th positions. I will get to go first on this in the 10 slot. I will go with Austin Forkner. Unfortunately, he's going to be a lot of points back and uh, he's going to be behind the eight ball. Yeah, he's got some speed, uh, but he can also crash out of these things uh, very easily or possibly not even make one uh, with the LCQ situation. So give me Austin Forkner in the first place or the 10th place spot uh, in ninth. Uh, give me. Ah, damn it. Uh, give me Pierce Brown. Give me Pierce Brown in the ninth place spot. And then uh, in the eighth place spot, give me uh, uh, this is great audio. Great radio, bro. This is this is proof Max that Bolin. Brad did not do his homework before Max this. Max Bolin. Max Bolin. <laughs> Those are my that's my top eight. Or that's my ten ten through eight. So let me ask you this much, Brad. Um, we talked about the Pierce Brown thing needing to have a good season. If he gets ninth in SMX, do you consider he still has a, He still has a job good? for next year. Uh, no, that's not good. That's not very good at all. Uh, but um, the last time that uh, that TLD had like a really good 250 guy was McElrath or Jesse Nelson. So that's all I have to say about that. Interesting. Um, I asked that because... Like I literally don't have him in my top 10. So I didn't Amazing. know if, if being in the top 10 is, is good or not. Um, my 10th place rider is Tom Vial. Um, coming home in ninth place is Maximus Voland. And in eighth, I did say he was going to be a breakout guy. I do think he's a breakout guy with some badass motos, but I just don't think he's going to do it every single time. And that's Seth Hammaker. Uh I'm not I'm not going for a title for him, but I do think again he he I wouldn't be surprised to see him win a moto or even an overall. I just don't think he does it every single time. I don't think he has that consistency dialed yet. I like it. Matty B. All right, tenth. I've got Le Frenchman, Tom Vial, and then P9 coming straight from the LCQ, doing it the hard way. I've got Austin Fortner. I feel like he'll be I think he'll be like better than a ninth place guy, but obviously he's coming down a lot of he's coming in a lot of points down already, so he's already kind of behind the eight ball there. And then like I talked about earlier, he just kind of seems to have this thing about finding trouble. So hope hopefully he doesn't get into any, but if he does, that'll kind of slot him back to where I've got him in ninth. And then eighth, I feel like this is kind of a bold prediction to have him way back here, but we talked about the scenarios that might allow this to happen. But eighth, I've got RJ Hampshire just because I think he's so boomer bust, man. Like if he goes into that LA Coliseum with any chance at it, he's gonna make that that hydroplane uh, slide out crash into jet look like absolute child's play. I mean, he is gonna send it. That dude will die for a win, and I hope we don't see him die. I would rather see him win, but either way, RJ is gonna be sending it. I'm not sure if it's gonna be good for the whole series. So this prediction could be way off. I don't know. He's a hard guy to to uh, to place, but eighth, I'm going RJ. Okay. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I am going to go with, uh, for my seventh, sixth and fifth pick, I'm going to go, uh, with Hamaker in the seventh spot, sixth spot. I'm going to go with Com Vial and in the sixth spot, I'm going to go with Justin Cooper. You did six twice, I think. 
fifth spot, Justin Bieber. Gotcha. Checks or me? Uh, go ahead, Maddie. Okay, so seventh, um, I will go with some fish and chips, Max Anstey, without a choice. I know nobody's been talking about him, but you can't deny what he did in Supercross. He was there the whole season. He would have been easily second without a bike problem, I believe. So I'm going Anstey seventh. Um, sixth, I'm going to go Seth Hamaker, like you talked about. I think he's he's come in with hardly any points, so that's not really going to help him. But I really feel like he's going to have some good rides. He's my breakout guy of the year or of the SMX season. Um, and I really feel like that is more for like single results. I could see him putting in in the title. Obviously, sixth is still good in the points. But when you're coming in 24 points back, I feel like you can only be but so much of a title contender. So I got Hamaker sixth and then fifth i've got levi kitchen the chef he's gonna whip up some top fives i would have him a little bit higher but um i just feel like the consistency is not quite where some of these other guys are and especially if he gets a star he could be off for the races but i've seen quite a few races outdoors where if he gets mired back in the pack he kind of gets stuck back there and we all know he's gonna have his eye on that pc cowie that's coming soon too so um all those factors aside levi kitchen top five no choice all right. Well, speaking of kitchen, I have him in seventh place. And really for the same reasons that Matt has him in fifth is I think he get he finishes where he starts. Um, he doesn't have the speed to go through these guys, but he has the speed to run from him when he starts in front of him. Um, so kitchen, I have in seventh, I have Forkner back in sixth. I like what I'm seeing from Forkner. I, I really believe that, you know, he's gotten screwed a couple of times. It's not like it was just him cartwheeling, um, when he had Jet Lawrence come across the finish line, jump off the tough block straight into his front wheel, um, when he had the mentality of just being there and being consistent. And then he comes back and he gets smoked on the start when, you know, him and Hampshire ping pong off of each other straight to the turf, misses Supercross this year. He came back and he was probably better outdoors than he's ever been. Um, Forkner hasn't been the great outdoor rider that he has been in Supercross at times early in his career. Um, but I think the LCQ thing is the reason that he's all the way back in sixth. And in fifth, I have RJ Hampshire. I mean, he showed in Supercross this year that, you know, he's one of the guys, but he still just doesn't have the complete consistency, the package deal to get it done every single weekend. And I'm also a little nervous, like he's how healthy he's going to be, how much riding time he's going to have and stuff. You know, he did just have big injuries, big cartwheels. So um, for that reason, I have RJ Hampshire, I would say back in fifth, because I do believe he's capable of a lot more when he's on two wheels. Uh, Brad, you want your fourth and third. Fourth and third for this particular, this, this is going to be, I, I, I've already going to leave guys in the top, out of my top 10 that should bloody well be there. And they kind of blow, uh, like they should be in there. But um, have I said RJ Hampshire yet? Uh, you have not. Okay. So RJ Hampshire in the four spot. And then I'm going to have to go with uh, Levi Kitchen. You have kitchen pretty far up. Any, any analysis on that, or just going with your gut, making it up on the fly? I like the star no, I like. The, I just like Starbikes. I think he's going to get good starts, um, and I think he's going to want to leave uh, Star Racing Yamaha on his route on uh, his way to Pro Series Kawasaki with a little bit of an exclamation point. Uh, and the only way that could backfire is if he had a first race that's really sucks, and he's like over it, and like ah, get get me off the PC cow. And honestly, that's going to be something that. Like for the guys who are changing teams and like the, the shuffle, like you could very easily see like like they're all gonna be they all race when the gate drops, they try hard. Um, 
but I think there's like, there's something to be said for some of these guys who are changing teams. We said, we talked about, about uh, Chase Sexton, these guys that like, if things are going sideways, they're going to start to go through the motions a little bit. And that's going to take the competitiveness out of this uh, playoff series a little bit. I think. But it's triple points. The last one. It is. Matty B. Oh, it's up to me, I guess. Um, yes. My fourth place, um, I have Schmokin' Joe Shimoda um, coming off of a 1-1 finish. I think that he's he's moving forward. The problem is I haven't seen enough in Supercross. I don't know if he's consistently got enough good starts. I think he's going to be good. I don't know if he's going to be great. Um, so I have Shimoda in the fourth spot. And in the third spot, I think he's going to consistency his way there with a lots of seconds, thirds, maybe a couple fourths. Justin Cooper. Well, Chex, I'm uh, pretty damn sure we have the same top four because I also have Joe Shimoda fourth and Justin Cooper third. So that only I left Joe Shimoda out of my top ten. That's awesome. Hey, I almost <laughs> left Forkner out of mine until we started talking about him earlier, and I had to start scribbling shit over here. But yeah, I think me and Chex are on the same page. We only got two guys left. One's dangerous, and one's an Aussie. So I think we all know what's coming here. Well, you can go ahead and, and go there, Matt. And I guess, Brad, one thing, though, that just shows how deep this class really is. And so when we leave a guy out of the top 10, like I don't have Anstey in the top 10, I gave you plenty of reasons why he could be there. I can guarantee you almost that I'm going to be wrong. I just don't know which one of these guys is going to be inconsistent or not last the three rounds to open up the spot for Anstey. Yeah. Um, but I'm almost, I would almost guarantee he'll be in there. I just don't know where. Um, but that just shows like, you know, we don't have Pierce Brown in there except for, I think you do. And none of the, the other ones of us don't like, there's a lot of guys that are left off this list. And it, it's because it's deep. Unless he breaks his femur, I'm going to be wrong about Joe Shimoda, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, Matty B give us your top, your, your champion and your runner up. All right. Well, my runner up is going to be Mr. Danger himself, Hayden Deegan. And then I think we all know the winner. I'm going to go with Preston Kilroy. No, I'm just kidding. First place, I got Hunter Lawrence. No offense, Kilroy. You were just a name I picked out. No choice. But, I mean, Hunter's already won everything there's been to win this year. I think we've all seen it coming. And I just – I really feel like it's going to take something special for Hunter to not win this thing. And you already know that, that Deegan's trying to do that, something special. He's already – always trying to get in Hunter's head, you know, with a little smack talk and just whatever he can do. That's kind of their MO. So I think it's going to be a good run for the title, but I just, I got too much faith in Hunter, man. He's a veteran. He's about to be going to the four fifties alongside jet. And I think he's going to put a stamp on this two fifty career and ride off into the sunset, baby. Oi, oi, oi. Hang on guys. I, I, I got to make a phone call here because Matt just brought up a really, really good point. Hey babe. Hey babe. Um, I need you to put some popcorn on for me for this SMX finals. Um, yeah, definitely get extra popcorn because we're going to need it. All right. Thanks. Love you. Bye. All right. Sorry. I had to get some popcorn ordered because I'm here for it, baby. Deegan is going to do everything in his power to make this thing freaking entertaining. There's going to be so much smack talk. It's only three races. Again, the intensity level is going to be through the roof. Do you guys realize like if you watch the 250 East, like first heat race every year, how it's just absolute chaos because those guys have been watching the West guys for weeks, just itching to go, itching to go. Well, we're going to ramp this up with all this hype, all this purse money and all this opportunity of a three round series. And the leading the charge of doing that is a hundred percent going to be star racing and the danger boy Deegan crew. Oh my God. I can't wait for it. I literally have a truckload of popcorn about to be dropped off because 
I'm going to eat this shit up. But I don't think Deegan can out-consistency Hunter. Um, I do have, in our final thoughts, a real bold one for you. But we're going to have to wait and stay tuned for that one. Uh, Hunter Lawrence will be your champion. Deegan second. Brad, what do you got? I'm going to flip-flop on you guys. I'm flip-flopping. I, like, I, I love chaos. Like, dial me up. I don't know why, but I think that, that uh, Deegan gets this thing done. I honestly do. He's only he comes in three points back. Uh, he's champing at the bit. Uh, he saw his championship go up and smoke at Unadilla. I think that he rolls coal the entire uh, SMX. I think those longer motos. The kid's an absolute digger, and uh, yeah, that's going to be your champion, followed by uh, Hunter, Mother F and Lawrence. There we go, Matt. Your YouTube is going to blow up because now when you post this, you can put in the in the tagline the headline. Deegan SMX champion. Question mark, question mark, Alden. exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, all caps. Deegs. And break the keyboard, no choice. I like it. I absolutely love it. If nothing else, it's going to be exciting. Um, I mean, Deegan's only going to get better, right? Like he keeps getting better. He's been building, but at some point, he's going to turn on that kill switch, right? Like you've seen it. You've seen enough amateur races with him, right? Like, you know, he can get super, super aggressive, right? Matt? Like I'm just waiting for it. And we saw a little bit of it at Thunder Valley. We saw a little bit of it in Supercross with Jordan Smith. Like he likes to play the game. He knows how to play the game. He's not scared to play the game, but at the same point, Hunter Lawrence is a veteran. So that's going to be super, super fun to watch. Oh, he's got, I, a little, he's got a little I, bit of Cooper Webb in him, man, how he loves to play the game. I mean, even mm -hmm. I think, there's a Red Bull Moto Spy from a couple of years ago when the last round Roxon was trying to mess with Coop, and you literally got Coop's behind the scene raw um, reaction from it. He's like, "Man, I love the games," and he's over there taunting Kenny. Like he literally thrives on it, and I really think Deegan's more of the same. Like the more games and and kind of stuff there is like that, I think he's going to thrive on it and be even better. Now, does that mean that 16, 17 year old Hayden Deegan can execute those games better than Hunter? I'm not sure if I think that, but damn it, it's going to be good. It's going to be glorious. I think it's going to be so much fun to watch these guys. I'm just excited for, for like nighttime racing. Like as much as I said this in the 450 uh, preview, but like the fact that we get a night of racing, throw some, uh, some, like some burgers on the grill, watch some. The these are day races. Just the first Charles, one. Charles, right. Fuck whatever day race date like i'm gonna go ahead, like just one, i don't care just the first one that's okay the only so, race super cross ish that should be in the daytime is daytona like bleh i don't like and that's an hour earlier in my time so it's gonna be like a regular it's gonna be like watching a national god damn it um i'm not a fan of day races not a fan of day races it definitely doesn't set the environment in the mood now uh, as we're transitioning into final thoughts actually that that'd be a good spot for this really is one of the things with SMX is like they're trying to amp everything up and that, that would include amping the show up because that's what Feld freaking kills it at is the show and the opening mm -hmm. ceremonies and stuff. That is one thing that day races really struggle with is that environment and the feel. And then also the other thing is like the speedway tracks, they're so spread out yeah. that you don't get that intimate environment and that loud noise of a stadium. And like when you want to amp up the action, usually the smaller the venue, the better the the action and the environment and the feel. It almost like my perfect scenario would be for super motocross is you start at a gnarly outdoor, like say Glen Helen or Red Butt or whatever. Top 40 guys go. And then 
it's a real playoff. You're down to 22 going to Supercross. You rock into Las Vegas for a Supercross, and then only the top 10 go, and you do a damn arena cross like U.S. Open style. MGM oh Grand God. Garden Arena, final battle to the death. Oh arena cross God. smashed in front of it. Environment out, out of this world. That's what I would do. Feld, you I, can have that idea for free as long as I get VIP passes to every single one. I, finished made complete if that ever happens i I live for arena crash dude that's the best idea i've ever heard in my life yeah well i'm all for it but i mean as far as that like day races they aren't as cool um and you spread it out it's really less action um which is unfortunate like on that side of things the more drawn out you you do it but we can all dream so anyways i i'm glad you like my idea matt i'm stoked on this are, are does that include your is that like uh, conclude your bold predictions or do you still have no. one in the oh hopper? no i have my bold prediction that was just a a dream okay. i was just okay. that just was spontaneous on the spot Let's but if it. you want my bold prediction before i might don't, i just don't want to steal matt's that's the only thing because he's been getting nah, stolen from all night i don't have any matt has no bold prediction his bold I, prediction I, is that somebody's not going to hit the wall <laughs> No, a bold prediction would be me not hitting the wall. <laughs> well, good thing. I think you're leaving your bike at home. Yeah. Um, my bold prediction is the guy, Deegan, will win more motos than Hunter Lawrence at SMX. That is a bold prediction. That is a bold prediction, my friend. Oh. Uh, I don't see that happening. He's going to but... be fast, dude. He's going to be so fast. The He's going to be fast. And he doesn't have to worry about whoops. Just the consistency thing is where Hunter's going to get him, I think. But there is, he's he's showing it. He has the speed to do it, and I think Hunter's he's okay to sit back in that second spot, and especially those first motos, knowing, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to go two one, I'm going to go two two and get the overall. I'm going to just keep cashing in those points, 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 points. Where Deegan, he wants to win every single time he lines up. He wants to murder these guys right now because he's got that kid energy and that fire in his eyes. And all he sees is getting to that checkered flag first and revving the crap out of his bike and throwing scrubs and whips. I think the tracks are going to suit him really well. I think he's going to be really good. He's going to be fired up. I think he has a very good opportunity to win more motos than Hunter Lawrence. Matty B. Dude, I had one and I just somehow forgot it. How did that happen? That's because you blew in concu- your mind. You're in concussion protocol. That's why. Um yeah had a good prediction and i totally forgot oh okay got you i'm mm. back all right first round charlotte smx z max dragway it rains like a son of a bitch and max anstey wins round one of smx that would be legendary that would be absolutely legendary here's my bold prediction uh the super mini class at chicago is going to be the best race of the, of, uh, of that night are you kidding me? There's a super mini class. I knew about oh, yeah. the, I knew about the sixties at Charlotte. Don't tell me we're gonna get C class at fucking LA. Don't tell me. <laughs> I believe it's all stars. It's uh, all 125s. Stars. It's a one twenty five class at LA. One twenty five class? I believe it's one. Is it one twenty five? Is it two fifties? Or one twenty five. Hold please. Yeah. I'm on the super motocross website. You guys could talk about who would win a mutter at Charlotte in the four fifty class. Um it's Aaron Plessinger, duh. Barsha, yeah, it's Barsha. You guys suck. Aaron Plessinger's got it. He's got redemption from this Supercross in Detroit to get. Oh, my uh, God. My, my heart, heart says, broke that night. My heart says Plessinger, but the last mud race they had 
I seem to have this memory, and I, my memory's not great. I have been hitting my head lately. I am kind of shocked, but I have this memory of Barsha destroying everyone. And I do believe AP was in the same race. I could be wrong. Mm, it is he's good. It is. He, the he even did well on an RMZ. Sorry. Yeah. It is the 250 World All Stars at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. 65 Super Minis and then 250s. If they want to sell out, do unlimited C and D at the Coliseum. I'll fucking be there. <laughs> it Question, only let them use half the floor. In AMA, if I'm not mistaken, like you're allowed to ride a 252 stroke in the 250B class. Oh yeah. How does yeah. that would would you like not to say that that's going to give anyone any type of advantage, but could not somebody race a 252 stroke in that class then? It depends if they use schoolboy rules or not. Um, if they use like a B class rule, then you can run it. But if it's schoolboy, you cannot because they, I think it's because they allow super minis in and they won't right. want super minis versus 252 strokes. They'll let them race four strokes. It's <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of rules. I mean, Matt, how would you like to ride your 252 stroke against this class instead of the 450 class outdoors? Well, I would have liked it a whole lot more considering I would have actually gotten raked pretty much every time I had to watch. So, yeah, I would have been hyped. It's pretty Racing crazy watching some of your watching. some of the videos and stuff of like the store at Millville, the Starbikes jumping the triple that um, either you didn't have the balls to jump or your bike wouldn't jump. But then like the Bud's Creek one, like you're stretching over that thing and they're just burp, no problem. Yeah. Over. Must be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Star Racing Yamahas are fast. That's my analysis for the day. Yeah. I rode one one time. Second gear will pull from here to freaking Timbuktu, dude. Thanks, Coop. Go, go, yeah, I was going to oh, say, who whose was it? Coop. wasn't Coop. Whose was it? I'm not giving it away, but they were on the team the same year as Coop. I'll tell you that with a two-year deal, and it wasn't Coop. <laughs> All right. Um, You could wear that sweet gear that Brad hooked you up with while you're doing the 252 stroke in the 250 class if they ever allowed it. Are you going to wear that for uh, for the Cody Gregg Invitational? Dude, I feel like I should, especially if you show up, I'll put it on. Mm-hmm. And that would be a way, if I do show up, that would be a lot easier way than uh, having it mailed back to me. Yeah. Uh, that's- and it came complete with a chest protector as well. You'd have to wear the chest, bro. Yeah, no choice there. It'd be mm-hmm. legal. I like it. Uh, all right. Well, th- thanks to our sponsors, if we have any. Uh, thank you to all the viewers on Matt Burkeen's YouTube channel, uh, like Matt Burkeen 820. Um, shout out to all of you, both of you who are watching at this point. Uh, Race Tech, awesome. Gold valves, you name it. I'm going to just cover up my RG3 uh, uh, iron on that's also falling off. Uh, that, they basically like, don't exist anymore anyway. Yeah, they don't so really that's exist. Okay. That's fine um airwheeliesonly.com uh i can't wait for the uh survivor to come back i did quite well until i think it was colton nichols who fucked me um don't even start and then verb moto shout out to verb moto verb west versus uh, and uh, chase who is slaw dog uh and uh whoever else and big mx radio thanks to those guys because if not for this we wouldn't be able to do a long Zoom call because I pay the exorbitant fee to have uh, unlimited lengths on my Zoom calls. So uh, thanks to all of that. Thanks for you guys watching, and thanks for you guys making some time on your Wednesday afternoon. We are out. See you in Charlotte. Yeah, baby. <laughs>